Like investing in the stock market, it is good practice for a content creator to stay diversified in terms of where they build their audience. You want a good mix of owned and borrowed channels, especially in times where there's, let's just say, instability in the market and on the platforms themselves. And as such, I've been spending far more time on LinkedIn recently, which despite being a B2B marketer, doesn't exactly come naturally to me. That's why I was so excited when I learned about Hubbub, a content and creative inspiration hub by Transmission, the world's largest independent B2B marketing agency and LinkedIn marketing partner. It is a bona fide treasure trove of expert thought leadership and best practices on how to best utilize the platform to grow your brand and your business. They've got all sorts of juicy playbooks that you can put into practice immediately, from the anatomy of a great video ad to unpacking the science behind developing a unique identity. I highly recommend checking it out. Just head over to bit.ly forward slash b2b dash better and upskill yourself today. Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Better, the podcast that helps companies rethink the status quo on how they win new business. My name is Jason Bradwell and I help B2B companies refocus their marketing towards generating revenue. Every week on this show, I sit down with experts to understand how marketing and sales is broken in their industry and what they're doing to fix it. Here we go. My name is Jay Conzo. I'm the host of the podcast Unthinkable and the author of the book Break the Wheel, among an endless list of digital side projects. You don't know how much joy it gives me to open the episode like that. Trying to get Jay on the podcast has been a bucket list item for me almost since I first started recording B2B Better all the way back in 2020. Not that he was that hard to convince, I just needed time to pluck up the courage to actually ask. Jay is a bona fide content creator. His obsession with creating a truly quality end product, whether it's a tweet, a podcast, or a book, is a source of massive inspiration to me personally, and I know for thousands of other marketers as well. His show, Unthinkable, which dives into the unconventional and refreshing things people do to grow their careers and their companies, not the quote-unquote best practices we hear spouted by thought leaders on LinkedIn, has been heard by over a million people worldwide. And do you know what I love about it? It's different. Jay doesn't just hit record and talk to a guest for 60 minutes. He applies a narrative style approach to each episode that makes it unique. Think Radio Lab meets emotional business storytelling. It's the process behind the production of Unthinkable that first sparked my curiosity. After all, it seems like every B2B brand out there is now publishing a podcast, and most are totally redundant. They interview the same guests, they provide the same opinions, they lack any kind of structure, and they fail to deliver a punchy hook. So I asked Jay to jump on with me to share some of his secrets around creating a show, and note the word I'm using there, that people actually care about. Where do you start in finding a good idea? Here's what he had to say. I've developed now over 15 shows for brands, uh, video and audio, and it always starts in the same place for me in the in the quiet when I'm trying to figure out where, what are the, the threads we should pull to see where this leads to develop the big idea. It's rarely the homepage. It's rarely the current positioning of the brand. It's almost always the about page. It's almost always the founding story. And what those things tend to have in common is not just the positive spin on things like the mission you're building towards, but the negative, the frustration. Because a show is a great vehicle to say, the status quo is broken, and I have a vision for the better way, or we do. There's the mountain peak in the distance, and I have no clue how to get there. So join us every week, or every however long you publish, or whenever you publish, every episode, as we take one step closer to that mountain peak. You know, I have questions, I'm out for answers. 
come with us. Right. There's like this almost travel esque feel to great shows. There's certainly an exploratory feel or an investigative feel, even if you are not yourself a journalist. Start with a pain point and build from there. This is marketing 101, but it's easy to forget in the rush to just launch a podcast. For what I'm trying to do here at B2B Better, the pain point is that B2B businesses just can't rely on the cold outbound big booth at a trade show playbook to win new business anymore. It just doesn't cut it for companies trying to stay on top of their market. Buyers are changing. How they buy is changing. And you have to adapt to keep up. But where do you start? How do you regain that edge? I don't have all the answers, but like Jay says, I have a vision for how to get there. And every episode is another step closer to that mountain peak. So what can businesses do to adopt this mindset? And so to make the mental switch to develop a good premise is to stop trying to act like an expert and start trying to act like an investigator. Because experts care about or know absolutes, they know the best practices, they know the general direction that you should head. But far be it from me to say to a listener of yours, this is exactly what you need to do to develop your podcast, or this is the type of podcast you need. I, I don't have your context. I do have lots of questions I'm asking about this craft though. And I think I can go on a journey and talk to lots of people and meet people and find things, including ideas, not just people, that surface something that helps you. And I'm not going to say I am the expert. Here's my five simple step solution. But I am going to invite the audience to join me as we try and change something. Stories are vehicles for change. Shows are vehicles for change. And what ends up happening, especially in B2B, is people just stop at the topics. And then they go, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, I know other shows exist about those topics, but like, we are going to get the raw, unfiltered reality, the dirty details, how it actually happens. And if you have to turn the screws and sort of like use adjectives to like play comparison games, and that is your positioning, it's not good positioning. It's not a good premise. You should just say what it is and not have to compare it to the other things around it. And people automatically go, oh, that sounds unique and refreshing and personal to me. This shit is hard. What Jay is describing involves actual creative thinking and positioning work, which a lot of B2B organizations just aren't able or perhaps aren't willing to put into a project. It takes almost no effort to get a subject matter expert on a Zoom call to shoot the breeze for 60 minutes on some hot button topic, throw a couple of jingles on either side and say, we now have a podcast. Understanding that there is a specific group of people experiencing some kind of fundamental frustration, being curious around why that exists, pulling a bunch of questions together on how it can be fixed, who is trying to fix it, where can we be inspired on finding a fix, all with the aim of making something better and developing a differentiated hook. That is what separates the mediocre content from the great. Before we carry on, here's a quick note about the sponsor of this episode, Transmission. One evening, I was sitting around the dinner table enjoying a fresh caprese salad with my mum when she turned to me and she said, you could be a model, Jason, not for a runway or anything, more like airport magazines, but a model nonetheless. And it's with that sentence that I decided to never, ever put my face in front of a camera. But if you do fancy getting a little creative with video, then you have to check out Hubbub's Guide to Building Tantalizing LinkedIn Video Ads using their three-course menu structure. It gives you the lowdown on how to create video ads that address an audience needs across awareness, engagement, and demand. 
And unlike my caprese salad, it won't leave you with a sour taste in your mouth. Check it out by visiting bit.ly forward slash b2b dash better and leave room for dessert. Let's be clear about something. It is usually far better to start small and build incrementally than to go full hog from day one. I've seen this time and time again. Brand commits to spending big on a new channel, struggles to see short-term traction, and just ends up pulling the plug. This just leaves a bad taste in their mouth and also damages marketing's credibility within the organization. Listen to what Jay has to say on this. Before you do a show, you should do a pilot. Before you pilot the show, you should pilot your ideas. And so it's never been easier to do that through your own personal social media accounts or your your brands. Um, the way to do it is to start lobbing out in conversation or in content your strongly worded beliefs. The thing you're going to say, let's stop doing this and start doing this. Like take to task and call out the things you feel are broken about your space and start saying, I believe this is better or I believe we should do it this way. And then what you're looking for is signal. Early on, you're not like trying to dig for gold yet. You're just like with a metal detector on the beach. You're just looking for the beep. And then you go, aha, there might be something here. I will now invest more and dig down here. But what we mostly do is we hit the beach with our tools and start frantically digging holes all over the place based on what? Based on gut feel, based on calories we want to expend, based on pressure we feel. It is a brute force, exhausting, very non-compounding way to do marketing. It's just if we stop, the walls cave in, so I better keep digging and I have no signal from anybody that this is where I should dig. And a symptom of this is, have you tested your ideas in text before you do something larger like audio or video that takes more time and money? I Can you tweet it? And you're not looking to, to go viral. You're just looking for a small number of people reacting in a big way as a signal that you have resonated. So the very first hurdle, before you think reach, before you think a big show, before you think success metric, the very first hurdle is, is this idea resonating with the right people? And you can do that one-to-one or one-to-few. You don't need a lot of people. So solve for resonance first and worry about reach later. And happily, when you do that really well, people are really excited. It is really resonating. You tend to never have to think to never have to think about reach because you're resonating so deeply people refer others they can't help but do that oh my gosh this also jason you got to check out this show i haven't even listened but look at this premise it's perfect for us right check it out that's that's the goal is that small number reacting in big ways as a sign you should pursue it and maybe that idea becomes supportive of a whole show resonance first reach second jay is spot on when i'm thinking about experimenting with a new channel i follow a simple framework First, experiment. Let's pick a single place to focus our attention, energy, and budget. This requires discipline. It's natural to want to be everywhere all the time, but it's a very quick way to diluting the potency of your efforts. Second, like Jay says, start looking for positive signals. Are people commenting on your content or replying to your emails? Are they sharing it with their networks? Are they sending you DMs asking follow-up questions? Qualitative feedback is far more important at this stage than whatever gets thrown up in a dashboard. Third, recurrence. Do you see similar results over a sustained period of time, usually around two to three months? Going from a cold start will naturally generate some immediate positive results because you're doing something, but it's important to understand that the effort isn't a flash in the pan. Do you see that repeatability? And fourth, resourcing. Can you put in place the people, the tools, the processes that you need to streamline production, which enables scale and fulfillment? 
freeing you to start up the process again with a new channel. Okay, so we've got our idea. We know how to validate it, but what do we need to make it an effective piece of content? Jay breaks it down into three parts. Here he is again. A, a podcast is just three things. It's a combination of three things, all of which can be developed. Premise provides motivation to subscribe. So the real first challenge is, are you saying anything that matters? Not inside the episodes. That's what's called discovered value. Take some time to discover it. But in the actual premise, the name, the tagline, the brief description, how you pitch it, are you saying something that matters? That's apparent value. Someone is bombing down their feed or their schedule throughout their day. You want them to stop in their tracks and go, oh my gosh, that sounds like it's for me. I will subscribe. And most shows do not provide motivation to subscribe. So we have to overmarket them or they fade away. So that's the first piece of this. And a very simple way to pitch this to yourself or others is, this is a show about X. Those are your topics. Eat some humble pie now. Admit there are other shows about X. No matter how niche your topic sounds, there are other content for sure, and might maybe other shows about X. Unlike other shows about X, only we, why? In other words, only we have this hook, this angle, this belief, this way of exploring those topics. It's not just what you explore, it's how you explore that, which gives the audience a reason why they'd care. So develop the premise first. Flowing more easily from that is the second piece, the format. What is the rundown? If you look at a sports talk show on TV or news shows, sometimes they have a visible visual rundown where it's like, and, and they would refer to it as A block, B block, C block, etc. They're moving through an agenda. Every show, every story has a structure, has a rundown, even if you don't know it's there. The creators had a sense for it. It's invisible or visible. You get to pick. The audience can know about it because they're segments that you name and play a little musical chime for, or it's invisible. Unthinkables are, it's invisible, but we have, I think, six different blocks that we try to hit every single time. And a runtime assigned to each of those blocks, a purpose assigned to each of those blocks, how much voiceover versus tape versus the combination of the two we use. Like, we understand how to create these episodes. You need that too. So how do you explore, in theory, and make the lawyerly logical case for your premise every episode? What are the beats you have to hit? That's the second piece. If the premise provides motivation to subscribe, the format provides motivation to stay. Can you get them to the end? That is the golden rule. Get them to the end. And then finally, and this is where we start, I think, is talent. And yeah, there are some people who are so talented, mostly so practiced, that their premise is the talent has a show. This celebrity has a show. We, again, more humble pie here. We're not those people. We are not 25-year veterans of the comedy community with ample TV hosting experience. And now it just seems like we're just winging it, even though that person is not. They have the command of an audience already, the favoritism of an audience, that the premise is that amazing person has a show, and they have the skill to move you to the end and keep you there because they're a professional performer, right? And I think we, the, we think it looks so easy. I can do it. No. So the talent is the walking, talking avatar, the steward of the premise and the format. They're not the star attraction. They're the guide into that premise across that rundown, across that format. And so if you develop those three things strategically, especially in that order, I think, again, false sense of precision here, but in my experience across 15 shows, that has been the differentiator. Is is there's not like some, some talents that I was gifted at birth. It's that I was trying to figure out how do you take a giant project like a show 
and make it something we can all strategically develop because creative doesn't mean big. It unfolds in the minutia. So you have to focus on the minutia. Hearing Jay speak about this kind of stuff feels to me like I'm getting a masterclass in broadcast best practice. And it makes sense. The guys had content and journalism roles at the Hartford Courant, ESPN, and HubSpot. What sets him apart from other creators, though, is how he meticulously applies production principles, how TV studios think about creating content, to B2B storytelling. Side note, Jay and I were talking books before hitting record, and he gave me a killer of a recommendation. Out on the Wire, Storytelling Secrets of the New Masters of Radio by Jessica Abel was a must-buy according to him. I'll drop the link to it in the description of this episode. Let's move on to production. I asked Jay to break down a simple framework for how he pulls together an episode of Unthinkable to try and help inspire listeners of B2B Better on the practicalities of producing a solid episode. Here he is. So Unthinkable is a narrative show, and sometimes we have multiple voices, but we always have voiceover, tape from a guest, uh, sound design, and music. And so the story structure, we kind of have a rough idea. This is the typical rundown. We have it written out for an unthinkable episode. You'll notice Jay keeps referring to a we. He's talking about himself and his exec producer, Alana. Then once we go into production and we're like, yes, confirmed, this is a good story. Jason is worth talking to. After the interview, what Alana does is she starts to whittle down the tape to try and figure out what is usable and also rearrange it to, to match a flow that makes sense. Then she gives me that, um, you might call it a rough cut. Some people call it a mix down. Um, you might, you know, you basically get the first crack at the musicless, soundless, uh, voiceoverless version. It's just the interview tape, but it's the good bits. And then my job is to further rearrange it, add voiceover. And sometimes Alana in the script will mark, you know, voiceover here or Jay, you should try to teach something here. Or can you transition us to this next point to make it flow better? She'll give me like some stage directions if and when it, occurs to her or makes sense to her. And then I'm adding things and, you know, using my own editorial vision for the, the story uh, to rearrange things further. Once I have all the voices set, then I'm adding music and sound. And as I'm scripting my voice, I also am like writing to myself for the future too. Like, hey, do like sound design. You're describing a graphic on Instagram. The graphic makes you feel like this. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm putting sound, this, 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 that, you know, ephemeral, uh, with a rain background and a, a low tone music bed dovetailing into my next voiceover section to describe the graphic carried through the end. Right. And I'm like, for my future self, I'm like, do this or something like it. So what you're left with before I then open GarageBand and it is GarageBand and I don't really care that it's the PowerPoint of design. PowerPoint is the design as GarageBand is the audio. I don't care. It works for me. Um, listen to my show. I put it up against others using pro tools. Anyways. Um, I open GarageBand and now I have a script and I'm assembling it. I'm like adding and tweaking and playing with music and sound. I'm adding the voiceover files. I'm adding, you know, the tape and, and all that good stuff and then playing it back. Alana will do a, a pass on our good weeks anyway to further cut some of the fat. And, uh, and away we go. Away we ship it. And there you have it. Jay Akunzo's expertise distilled down into a 15-minute crash course. There are so many good reasons for B2B brands to be invested in building out IP especially podcasts. It's a great piece of content to repurpose across other channels, social, blog, email, and more. It's a fantastic door opener with prospective clients and partners who otherwise won't take a sales call. And it gives you this intimacy with your audience that is really difficult to replicate in the written form. 
there's an opportunity for them to really get to know the you behind the microphone. But I think Jay sums it up best when he says, Podcasts are incredible and shows in general, really any IP driven project. You know, IP, not the topics. The IP is that angle, that unique thing that you own. It's the intellectual property you own. And you can merchandise it. That's taking the podcast and making little clips. But you can also extend the IP, do what they call IP extensions. That's taking the podcast and then doing a webinar series, a research report, creating a whole platform, exploring that IP in different and supportive ways that people care about, which creates affinity um, and, and passionate fans. So any IP-driven project helps you own not just the IP, but the idea the IP stands for in people's mind. And that's it for this episode of B2B Better. If you found it useful, please give me a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. It means a lot to a growing show like mine. Also, why not sign up to my newsletter, The B2B Byte, where I share actionable frameworks and strategies on how to market your B2B business. And if you need support building, running, or refining your B2B marketing approach, hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter to set up a free 30-minute diagnosis call to review your strategy and get some personalized advice. All links in the description of this episode. See you next time.